This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. These are what they call the dog days. It's sticky. It's swamp-ass August in Chicagoland. Glad you've decided to spend some of your return to the week with me, Danny Mac, on the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Preseason football is, is tough, isn't it? The first time you see your guys go out for a dress rehearsal, it's easy to get excited because the game is back. And you get a chance to hear guys interviewed on the sidelines after they take their obligatory 12 to 15 snaps. You watch those first-year players who are going to be logging more playing time in the preseason scrimmages because they have to. And that's the case with this year's Bears, if you're paying attention to Team Eberflus. But, man, you get to the second lap around the track. And the Bears and Colts on uh, Saturday night were ruined for me before the ball went in the air. And it's not because of Justin Fields not starting for the Bears or Anthony Richardson, the rookies, not starting for the Colts and not playing. No, both guys didn't get a chance to break a sweat on Saturday night. That's not the reason I was soured. It was something that was said on the Bears radio network by first-year sideline reporter Jason McKee, the former Bears fullback. Uh, I've only worked once or twice with Jason McKee. Uh, We guested together on one of David Kaplan's old television programs after a Super Bowl a few years ago. Don't even remember which one. It might have been the Panthers um, and their loss to the Broncos. I think that's what it was. But I, it doesn't matter. Jason is on the sideline, and he's expressing all the exuberance most media exhibited after watching some heated practices between the Bears and Colts. This is taking the place now of scrimmages and more physical training camps around the NFL. Most teams are having joint workouts with other clubs. It makes sense. I like it. I always have. I always will. But the Bears and Colts worked out against each other, and Anthony Richardson apparently impressed Jason McKee so much The former Bears said he considered himself thankful Richardson wasn't playing and the Bears didn't have to face him. Immediately, I wanted to turn off all Bears media for the rest of the month because it's at that time where so many words that are just coming out of people's mouths, people are just saying things as they come to mind without even thinking about what they're saying. You really consider yourself thankful the Bears didn't have to defend the great Anthony Richardson in a preseason game thankful he either said thankful or grateful I like Jason McKee and it's going to take a while he'll probably grow into the role he's he's a decent guy and he'll do fine um the the you know Mark Grody's torch will be passed on in capable hands but I thought oh my god here we go again and it didn't stop today 
and it's a disappointing game for the Bears because Matt Eberflus now has a blemish on his August, um, in his August ledger as a head coach of the Bears. That was the first preseason game. He's come up short. They sure did look like they were going to post one in the win column, but the Colts put 17 points on the board in the fourth quarter and won the game 24-17 to at Lucas Oil Stadium. And I'm watching Good Morning Football today, and I wasn't sure if I saw the graphic correctly. It, it, it asks the question, which quarterback has more pressure on him to perform this year, Justin Fields or Jordan Love of the Packers? And I thought, are you kidding me? This is the first time around for Jordan Love. This is year number three for Justin Fields. How can any thinking person say anything other than Fields? Jason McCourty, the former DB, uh, in year number two on the panel, said it's love. You're following Aaron Rodgers, and you're going to, if Aaron Rodgers goes well in New York and it doesn't go well in Green Bay, people are going to be upset. But people don't have that expectation on Jordan Love anywhere near the expectation is in Chicago for Fields. And Mike Garofolo said the same thing. He thought it was a slam dunk. The answer is love. It's not. Kyle Brandt is the only guy who got it right. Because, of course, Kyle agrees with me. It's Fields. You're trying to undo decades of incompetence at the position. The organization had a record number of dollars available in the offseason to get free agents. They did that. They made a trade with Carolina. Everybody, every Bears fan from Seattle to Miami is just buzzing about DJ Moore. The acquisition of DJ Moore, DJ Moore. Boy, oh boy, is it great to have him on board and Claypool's going to be better when healthy and Cole Komet's coming around. The running backs are decent enough. Justin Fields has popped up to now being 22-1 to to win the MVP because Bears fans are betting him. And there's more pressure on love? How do you figure? That's just stupid. That's just... I, I don't know how anybody can say it isn't Fields, who didn't play. Nathan Peterman, lots of Peterman time the other night. P.J. Walker time. Tyler, somebody, Paget time. Robert Burns carrying the ball for the Bears eight times for a team-high 40 yards. The receiving corpse was led by Doris Fountain. He had five catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. You won't know much about him uh, after this podcast. It might be the last time you hear his name mentioned. But yes, yeah, Sam Ellinger for the Colts Saturday night. Gardner Minshew. Selfishly, sure. For entertainment value, we all wanted to see Fields and Richardson. We weren't thankful Richardson didn't play. We'll leave that for former Bears fullbacks. Anyway, the Bears will wrap it against Denver this coming weekend, and then we have a little time before that lid lifter against the Green Bay Packers on the 10th at Soldier Field. In case you didn't know, that's a 325 start as we march our way closer to the opening of the NFL season. And as so many Bears fans 
continue to pray for those who are inclined to be, if you're prayerful and you're a Bears fan, you probably have been thinking about Steve McMichael, the legendary Bear who played 13 years in the organization, concluded his career in Green Bay, was a very popular media figure for a number of years, our resident caveman, and a, a, a lovable vulgarian in every way, and a guy I've been friendly with going back to the fall of zero one. Well, after his career, I got to know him much, much better and liked what I knew. And uh, everybody's sad over ALS because it's unbeaten and Steve has it and he's very late and it won't be long now. And everybody is campaigning. Everybody who loves Mongo is campaigning for him to get into Pro Football's Hall of Fame. He deserves a spot in Pro Football's Hall of Fame. I didn't used to feel that way. My feelings have changed over the last several years. All you have to do is go back to last year's enshrinees, not this past months, but go back to 2022, and you see Bryant Young of the 49ers, local guy, Chicago Heights, and Richard Seymour from the Patriots and the Raiders they get into the Hall of Fame and played both inside and outside, and their numbers paled in comparison to good old number 76, Mongo McMichael. Joe Klecko of the New York Jets sack exchange was a monster during his NFL career, which I watched. That career began in 77. Uh, he was a terrific player, one of the only guys in, in the history of the game, who has been a pro bowler at three different positions. Now, that's if you take nose tackle as its own position and not call it defensive tackle. Many would argue it's a defensive tackle, so one position. However, he made it as a nose, he made it as a DT, and he made it as a defensive end. He led the league in sacks one year as a defensive end, 20 and a half in 1981 or 82. So Joe Klecko, a guy I have admired for a number of years, gave me some time just the other day, and it was a joy to talk to this guy because I had tremendous admiration for what he was as a player. He boxed as a young man to improve his his hand-eye coordination. Later in the week, I'll share the entire interview with you where he talks about how that helped him and how special Jets fans are, and we're getting a good taste of the Jets if we're watching HBO's Hard Knocks. But I wanted to talk with Klecko, number 73, about McMichael and whether or not he should be in Pro Football's Hall of Fame. And I began by talking about how Klecko performed, if you will, when he got to wear the gold jacket for the first time last month at the Hall. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week. Typically on Monday late mornings we drop and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. You said when you were in Canton, you thanked a lot of people. It's a great speech. Really, it was, Joe. You thanked you know, your, your high school, your family. Everybody was mentioned. You, you touched all right. the bases. And you also thanked 
fellow Hall of Famers before you for campaigning on your behalf. We're biased in Chicago with Steve McMichael, but when you look at the numbers, and again, a guy who never played on the edge, a guy who played 14 and change years, always as a DT, with 95 career sacks, it, to me, it seems like a no-brainer. I know it seems like it's a Homer-ish thing to say, but what can oh, you say? On, okay, what can you say on behalf of Steve McMichael? Why well, he should be? We were asked. We sat down at the round table after you know the the whole event was over, and on Sunday when you get your gold jacket, we had what they call a round table discussion, and everybody was asked that question. The guys going in, and I mentioned Steve. I said he should be the next. And I said, not only because, you know, the situation health-wise, I said, but again, I, I know all about his stats. And the one thing about it is, I said, I said, you look at a guy who has the stats like he has, and there's a lot of guys here, you know, that, you know, everybody always maybe questions you. You shouldn't question him being in. He should be in. And he was the guy I brought up at that uh, roundtable discussion that should be in the Hall of Fame. Man, that dude could play. Chester, Pennsylvania, uh, which is in southeast Pennsylvania, uh, a long way from, from Pittsburgh. And, and Kletko wound up going to, uh, to Temple, not exactly center ring. He is the only enshrinee in Pro Football's Hall of Fame to call Temple his home. I'm going to shift gears and get to the Cubs weekend against the Royals because the Cubs continue to win. But where is it going if the Brewers aren't going to lose? I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. Thank you for giving me some time on the Danny Mac podcast. If you have buddies who say, man, sports radio really misses the Macker," tell them I'm flapping two days a week. Let them know they can get me absolutely free wherever they get their podcasts from. And it's all because Bet Rivers Podcast Network thinks I am worth it. Thank you, Adam Delavitt, for being my champion. We are executively produced by Sam Michael. Back to work this week after a one-week working vacation in lovely Cape Girardeau, Missouri, coaching youth baseball. Uh, good week, not a championship week, however. And like Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean, in podcast, nobody remembers you if you don't win the last game of the series. The Cubs won the last game of their series against the Royals. Ha, ham-handed segue into the weekend baseball calendar and it's Cody Bellinger who put the team on his shoulders on Saturday. Uh, Sunday's game was Kyle Hendricks. That was terrific. Seiya Suzuki looming large again offensively. But Bellinger said on Saturday, and he said it with his bat, get on my back. I will take you. I will will you to victory. He hit home runs number 19 and 20 on the season. He's played in... 30 fewer games than all of the top National League MVP candidates. 
Ronald Acuna Jr., who I think has won the award and has been exciting because he's brought base running back to baseball, lots of steals. I hope he winds up with more than 70 someday. That would be really cool. A guy who can hit for power as well. Um, You've got Freddie Freeman. Those guys are going to get more votes than Bellinger, and they deserve more votes. They've played in 30 more games, and their numbers are proportionately better in the power stats. Bellinger's got 20 dongs, and he's got 60-some runs batted in. That's large. And he's, his OPS is 933, so he's doing his job in every way, but he's not going to win the MVP. What Cody Ballinger is doing is winning the National League Comeback Player of the Year award. And I don't think there's any debate about that right now, that it, that it belongs to him. He'll be the first Cubs player to ever win it. It's an award that was born in 05. Only one Sox player has won it. Jim Tomey won it. In 06, the year after he was traded from the Phillies to the White Sox, the Aaron Rowan swaparoo. Um, Bellinger has got an opportunity to be an all-time top 10 Cub. You think that's crazy? I don't. I, I think when you look at Jake Arrieta being, now granted, pitchers are different, life expectancy much shorter, especially in this era. But Arietta is considered a top 10 Cub of all time, maybe even a Mount Rushmore Cub right-hander, a Cubs pitcher, I should say. The no-hitters, his historic ERA for a stretch of a season prior to the World Series. I mean, he was a stud all four years, but he had 130 career starts in a Cubs uniform. Cody Bellinger has a chance, extrapolating it based on positions, to make much more of a footprint in his team's history. He just turned 28. Let's say he has seven or eight more productive years left in him, and that might be a reach. That puts him to mid-30s. But he's a decent athlete. He's sleek. He isn't the kind of guy who looks like he's going to be injury-prone. He's not built like the White Sox Eloy Jimenez. He's not baby Huey running into walls. He's very deft. He's going to give you great defense, but he's also going to be a guy who can produce power numbers, not prolific power numbers, but you'll take 33, 35 homers next year from a healthy Cody Bellinger for the route. Wouldn't you? Hell yeah, you would. Who else is going to provide the offense? For that team, I'm talking about home run power, RBI power. It's Bellinger. Cubs win two out of three against the Royals. They have another opportunity to draw even closer. Now, they're three games behind Milwaukee right now. Thank you, Alice Cooper. They've got Detroit for three straight. You got to kick the Tigers in the nutsack. And I'm not saying you got to sweep them. But your opportunities are running out on punching bags. Done with the White Sox. Done with the Royals. Of course, one series. I mean, you had your series against Oakland earlier in the year. I mean, the Sox have, or the Cubs have Cincinnati coming up. They have two series left against Milwaukee. They've got San Francisco and Arizona left on the schedule this year, too. It is not going to be easy in September for David Ross's Cubs. That's why they need to they need to win at least two. I'm not going to say they need to sweep Detroit, but damn, it would be nice, wouldn't it? 
because you're going to lose a series before this year, before this year concludes. I, you'd like to think you're not going to, but playing 667 baseball, boop, swerved, is a difficult proposition for five or six weeks. It's tough to do that. You're going to drop one now and again, especially when you get to the better teams, and they've got several coming up, as I mentioned. I don't think they're they're going to go deep into the postseason if they even get there. I know Marcus Stroman had sucked in his previous seven starts before uh, the news recently that he had a fracture in his rib cage cartilage. We always used to call that a tear. I don't know where cartilage became a fracture. We'll have to call some of my orthopedic buddies, some of the members of my orthopedic team this week, Dr. Shapiro. Dr. Stamos. Oh, I got a knee guy, shoulder guy, back guy. I got guys. You got to have guys when you hit your 60s and you're orthopedically challenged. But I'd not heard of uh, that injury. And Jed Hoyer, the Cubs boss, had said he'd never heard of something like that. He's struggling to breathe right now. It's it's hard for you to think of a guy returning to pitch. And, you know, he would require a rehab start too, right? They're not going to just throw him out there against, you know, a viable opponent in September if he were able to come back. And I was joking with Mark Silverman from ESPN the other day. I said, now he's going to be this year's Kyle Schwarber. He will lift the Cubs when they need the postseason lift. No, that's, he, he, he's not going to. He's probably not going to be back this year. I think he's an extreme long shot to return. You got to beat up on the Tigers. Go get him, Cubs. I root for the Cubs to do well because you're interested. A lot of you are interested. It's good for civic pride. It's good for the restaurants and bars, not just in Wrigleyville, all over the place. Cubs go to the playoffs, people prosper. It's good for everybody. And, man, it's not like playoff appearances. We ain't Boston, okay? Uh, We're not a lot of other cities that are regularly getting, you know, teams from three, sometimes all four majors, into the postseason. We don't get hockey and basketball playoffs in this town, and the Bears have had, you don't even remember the Bears' last playoff appearance, not because it's been that far back, but it was the first year they added the seventh team in each conference. That's right. They they, they rallied in December a few years ago and lost a playoff game to the Saints under Matt Nagy in his second to last year. Everybody forgets about that one. It's a forgettable team. It's a forgettable game. So it's not like we're used to seeing postseason teams. And it, what does it mean? It means a lot of young players come back next year feeling good about themselves. That's what it means. I mean, come on. Christopher, the Christopher Morels of the world, the Nico Horners, you know, the veteran players, like Bellinger getting his mojo back. This is nothing but good for this team going forward. Should they wind up getting into the postseason? I don't care if they win an inning, just like the Cubs who battled Arizona. (laughs) Battled, in quotes. Uh, Never led after an inning. 27 innings of baseball against the Diamondbacks in 0-7, and the Cubs never led going into a commercial break that wasn't generated by a pitching change. That's bad. Get there. 
Go get Detroit. Kick their ass. Thanking Adam Delavid again, the big boss man at Bet Rivers Podcast Network, where Justin Fields today is 22 to 1 to win the MVP. B. John Robinson. Ooh, he's a nice, tasty 11 to 1 long shot to lead the NFL in rushing. Don't forget to install your Bet Rivers app if you haven't done so already, because on the 7th, or sorry, the 8th of September, start playing for real yes it's the lions and the chiefs sam michael the executive producer troy mocker for all of the research and alex pastor for all of his help thank you very much i'm back at the latest on thursday with more from joe klecko and hopefully a detroit lions scout they are you know the favorite in the nfc north thank you for listening i'm danny mack thanks for listening to the danny mack podcast on the bet rivers network 